This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Well, um, I wanted to speak today about the Maharik. I want to first just review a minute. Um, it's always helpful to, to give a sense of where, what, and when. We mentioned last time that the Kufas Rishonim certainly went up to the tour, which is 1350 was Nifta. That was anything before that, any Sfarim before that, are uh, definitely considered Rishonim. The Beis Yosef, uh, from, the, from the end of 1490, from the Gera Sfarat, anything afterward is certainly considered Achroinim. And then there was that gray area in between, that 150 years in between, it was the 1400s, which is sort of an in-between Tkufa. It's given a lot of weight in, in, in Halacha. Not quite the Rishayim, but it's, it's somewhere in between. Um, now, the Marik lived 1420 to 1480. He also, we, 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 we spoke about the different places. You had France and Germany was the Balei Toiswissen. The um, Italy, we spoke last time, Toysis Rid. Italy was sort of, um, it, 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 even though there were Torahs, there, there were vibrant communities different times, didn't produce that amount of big people. So we had the Toysis Rid last time we spoke about. And the Marik started in France. He started in um, Chambray in France. And he ended up in Italy, Mantuva. He, he, he left because of Xerus, like that was the, the main reason for, for most people moving around, was because of all the Xerus that were there and so on. The, um, his name is Rabbi Yosef Kolon. The word Kolon does not mean Kolon in Germany. It's not, it didn't come from Germany. But it's, it was not easy to know where, what it comes from. But by and large, um, most, m- most uh, researchers have come to the conclusion that it comes from the word kolom in, in uh, French, which means a pigeon or a dove. And you see it in his writings. He has occasionally, he will become very poetic, and he will speak about the yoyna, like he's addressing somebody whose name was Yehuda, and he with great reverence, he says the great lion has roared and the poor pigeon is, you know, is, 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 is petrified. So, so he uses it enough that the sense is his name was Yonah and therefore um, it's, it's just a French version of Yonah. He, um, the, the, the material that I have here is taken from, the, the best source of it is <coughs> Mechon Yishalayim put out his chuvis, and in Dakdama they did as good a work as possibly could done. There was another Mechon Araisa put out, and they, they pretty much took the same Mechoras. At the end of the day, the only real Mechoras are his own writings. And there is one other Sefer, one or two other firm that <coughs> I mentioned, that mention um, events and things with him, one of them very important, that give us some, that, that give us some insight. He wrote, the only safer we really have from him is um, the Shalos and Shubas Marik. It's about 200, it's Shalos and Shubas of his. 
they're, they're unusual. Most Shilas and Tuvis are called Shilas and Tuvis. Um, the Rush we saw were called Klolim. His Shilas and Tuvis are called Shrushim. That's how we label them, Shoresh and Anafim, like subdivisions. Um, not clear why. Um, the, the, I guess the guess is that it's, he, he elaborates quite a bit, so he calls them a Shoresh, and there's the Anafim are the pieces that come out of it. To give a sense of how important the Sefer is, like we've mentioned a few times before when we spoke in the last few shows, how often they're mentioned in the Beisosef and, 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 and Ramar. He is mentioned over 500 times in Beisosef. Beisosef brings over 500 times. And the Ramar brings it about 250 times. That's as per the computer. I, it, I, computer check. So it's quite a lot. So even though it's only 200 chuvas, but it's considered extremely foundational in many ways, and it's considered to be, uh, is one of the major paisikim. Marik is a very, very harsh paisik. He also wrote a little bit on the, um, on, he wrote a, a safe on Torah. It's Ha'oris on Rashi, very, very much Adar Hapshat. In other words, just a simple gribbling and Imshat and Rashi. That's the that's the safer that was put out. Um, but it's 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 almost all on on, on Pshat and Rashi. There's also so he was known to have an extraordinary library. He brings Rishanim that we don't have. He brings Farim we don't have, brings his he, he 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 was known to have a very large library and and He's, 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 a, he's the source for some things we know. He started his career as a Malamid, and he writes very bitterly about it, how hard work it is, and, and thankless, and doesn't give much time. I guess some things haven't changed in, in uh, where Shmuley Altman, I guess he's not here. <laughs> um, but but that's, that's the way, that's, that's what he writes about his career. Eventually opened up a yeshiva, and he's, he's the Bartanura is a Talmud of his, and he has a grandson. He had a grandson, um, Eliezer Ashkenazi. Eliezer Ashkenazi wrote Maisa Hashem. It's a, it's a sefer on, on, on the Inyanim of Chumash, and he's about Plukta Maral. Maral he, he argues to him many times. That, that's the biographic information that we have that's important. There's two interesting, two or three interesting things. Again, this is all from the Chuvis. There's no other place except there'll be two things that, that are not from the Chuvis. There is, um, about his yeshiva, he writes the following. This isn't one Chuvis he writes. I, I don't have time to be Marech my Chuva. These Lamdonim from that city came to learn yeshiva, group of Bachrim. They're very upset if I'm if I'm if I'm involved in anything other than sugi. They're learning, and they're right. So once upon a time, they the Talmudim want to vader a bay and they should be holding in the sugi and not doing anything else. That's uh, one. He also writes same thing in another tshuva. He says. I um, I'm going to answer you very shortly. He says, first of all, I, I um, you've written out most of the points that are important, so I'm just going to um, respond. Shane is midday bittle base medrash. 
so the, the minigar there was to learn one zman just Gemara without Taisis. Halachas, I think, it means, it means the Gemara without Taisis. Ad shehoyu shkurim befihem. Kol ma shalom dechatsi shana b'chol yom halacha. Ad shegomer is a sugi. Until they had the, the, the Gemara down clear. V'achakach b'zman hasheni dehaynu b'chatsi shana in the second half of the year they would learn Toysavis B'iyun. They would learn Toysavis B'iyun Godl. She'kol ha'lochas shal p'nei Shana Rishayna ha'yivayukoyrin o'yson v'lashaynam Toysavis Man. So they would call, there was the, the, the regular Zman and the Toysavis Man. So the regular Zman, they would learn, um, they would learn, they would learn the Sugyas, just the Gemara, and then until they had it crisp clear, and then they would spend their time in Iyun, and that was called the Toysavis Man. That's, there's, there's also, there's a Sefi Vena Mitsula about what it was like in Poland. I believe there was something very similar where they would do one zman, one thing or another thing. So these were things that, this was, these are things we have unique about his yeshiva. About some of his sarkim that are first and something interesting in Yarnim are, first of all, he wrote a lot about minog and halacha. The, the, when, when Minig and Halacha conflict, people are doing things that are Shaloika Halacha, but they, they come along and they say that the Minig is like that. So he has a few truths on it. It, it. it obviously came up a lot. It's interesting how he, he um, distinguishes. There was one place where they, they, someone if someone, it was a minhag someplace that they would not give a bachor pishnayim, but they would they would um, give the, all the kids equal, and they said that's our minhag. And he blessed them for it. What does it mean? It's our minhag. It's it's kineged, unfortunately in the Torah. Now the halacha is, by the way, that's the halacha, and, and he right, he mentioned it, obviously that's the halacha. If beforehand, the Shechimiram, when a person is dying, he can say, I give this, 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 and this, this. That you can do. But once a person was nifta, you can't, you can't do that. It's also. So he said, what kind of meaning is it? And he, and he was very, very, very vehemently against it. On the other hand, um, there was a, a minig someplace that on um, Shabbos, Bracious, they would have a minig 
that somebody would give money for for the lighting for the oil um, in the in in the, in the basic nessus, and uh, they would um, they, and and he would get the first aliyah. The minic was if there was a kohen there, the um, he would uh, either be merchalakvoidoi, or he would leave the shul. And now the kohen didn't want to leave the shul. Says my right is a kohen, and so on. And in this in this case, he sides with the minhag, and he says they there was a whole fight over here. The um, the uh, and and they um, they they brought the police in. To, to enforce it, and he says that the um, it, it that's a minute they're allowed to make, and he, and and since it's not connected and fusha halacha, it's not a din the kohen can leave. So if that was the minute, he makes his condition is it has to be minute vatikim. The people who founded the minhag have to be um, people that are tamichachamim, that there's who to rely on. And it, it has to be an established minute. So when a minute conflicts with a din, there's no way you go with the minute and the din takes precedence. If the minute is stretching a din, but it's still muta, and the minute was established by people worthy of it, then he was very strong about enforcing the minute. It's very interesting. He also writes um, the halacha is, and he, and he brings. Um, he speaks about semostorim and hagim, things of that nature. Again, where where they did um, different things, they they um, uh, they, they were mati says even the shvus of dancing kabbatayra, and therefore things that they min hagim that they made for simple zatayra, as long as it's not head to head with the halacha, and you, it 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 you know even even that it, it works up here track at least. If it was a minute established by people that are worthy of that, we keep that minute. He also, Paskins, and this is brought by the Darke Moshe. Darke Moshe is the Ramah. He, there's, there's, the riff says, there's, there's a, there's a, a in Psak of Halacha Kibasroi, which means that you always prefer the later Shita over the first Shita in Halacha. So he says um, the, the, the reason is because we assume that the later Paiskim saw the first Paisik, they, they looked at his Svaris and they held not like that. So since that's, so, so therefore we prefer them. The earlier Paiskim did not look at the later one and he holds, even if there's a big gap in the years, you can do that. That he, but he says, if it's a safer, that you assume that the Basroi did not see the Rishit. In other words, you find something in a safer, it's connected much earlier, Paiskim, and we have no reason, he doesn't mention them. It's not that he argues with them, he doesn't mention them, and we have no reason to think he would have the safer. We don't say that Kalal. The Kalal is based, the, kalal is, the person who brings the Kalal is the Rif. Who takes it as sort of a double pashit, and he's and he's mechalik which kufa it happens, early kufa, late kufa. That's the that's the riff. But the the um, the the uh, he says that it's only when we assume that the later poiskim saw the first poiskim. 
If it's a safer that wasn't around, we don't see that cloud. So these are Kalolim of Pesach of his. One more interesting Shaila that came up, interesting for a few reasons. Um, there was a minhag that doctors would wear special uniform, I guess like today, uh, and it's called a kappa. And, and uh, someone came, and there was one of the very chash rabbanim in Italy, maybe the most chash one, we'll see about him later in a minute, who was a renowned doctor. And not only was a renowned doctor, he was allowed to, uh, he was allowed to give uh, doctor degrees. He had like a little yeshiva college and he gave doctor degrees <laughs> to other people. And he had to wear kaffa. And people tie it that it's a levushakum, it's minenakum. And he says, the famous Truva, he says that um, he says there's no is of Chuk Zagoyim. He says Chuk Zagoyim is only when it's something that has special preachers. In other words, it goes against um, something which is um, against the, you, you know, fundamental, it, 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 it's a Yiddish for 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 uh, um, a, a certain reason, uh, or if it's something that is identifies, in other words, it's done to identify as a guy. So if a guy has some sort of symbol where the lavush is sort of to identify you as being Christian or whatever it is, then there's a problem. But if it's just for whatever reason it is, um, you can. So that was a, a truth of his, and it's a it's a precedent for many yonim. He also has another interesting truth that comes to mind that, that in, if somebody got smicha from a certain rav, does he have to ask him like that rav always? There was somebody who got smicha from someone and he paskened the way he felt like paskening and the other rav said, if he got smicha from me, he has to pass like me. And he writes a tshuva that it's only if that person is a rav muvak Maybe if he's the only one who gave a smicha, but this person got smicha, got smicha from a group of rabbonim. This, this one of the, one of those rabbonim was this person. It does not make him subservient in any way. It does not make him to listen to him, capacity as he feels like. Those are some interesting pesachim in that. I want to go through a fascinating tshuva, just fascinating because of um, what life was like and things like that. And then we'll see another uh, another point about him, which was. Um, about his own life. This is Sherish Kuf Samach. Someone sent him in the following Shaila. Um, this person for Parnassa was a, he had a, a, like a, an inn that, that he ran in a place called Pavia. It was a um, it, it was a Jewish panos of running an inn. Um, it, it was was and I guess it was hard work, whatever it was. And then he says, my wife got very annoyed with me, and she said, I want I want you to stop I want you to stop running the inn. And she had some very good reasons. And she kept nudging me for like six months, and I didn't listen to her. And we kept her, and we and our arguments went from bad to worse, and so on. I was sitting in the house. I was learning with my daughter. And my wife um, gets up. 
she takes all the silverware, all her jewelry, and she went to a neighbor, Goya's house, where she'd always go. And it's a place that she worked because she would sew stuff and so on. <coughs> then he says, uh, she was there like a half hour, and then I asked my, my other daughters, where's your mother? Um, because I was busy teaching my daughter. And all of a sudden, they told me I should go to the, to the neighbor um, because she went there with a little girl. So I went there. I couldn't find her any neighbors. And then I said, you know what? What about by that Goya that she works by? I go. I knock on the door. The balabas opens up, and he tries to slam the door shut in my face. I push my way in, and the Galach is sitting there, and he says, come in. And I found, like, two policemen with a Galach sitting there and two guys next to my wife. And he said, your wife, is this your wife? I said, yes. He said, well, she's decided that she wants to be a Christian, and she wants to talk to us about it. And we want to talk to her if she's genuine and she wants to become a Christian. Um, I asked if I could speak to her, and they said I can speak to her, but only if I speak nicely. I'm calling the truth verbatim. And he says, so he speaks to her, um, why, why are you doing this, and why don't you come back? And she said, I'm sick and tired of being the wife of somebody who owns an inn, I've had it. And I said, come, come back, and I'll do what you tell me. And she said, no, you've lied to me so many times, you've promised me, it's over. And, and then he said, uh, I asked her, so why, do you, why did you take your daughter? She said, take your daughter back, I don't need her. Um, and he said, uh, the, um, he said, don't worry, so the, the Galat told him, don't worry, we, we won't do anything impulsive. We want to see if she's, really, um, if she's really serious about it or not. So he put her in a convent with, um, with nuns, in Koimriyos, Koimriyos is like Alochem, Hatsnuos, Ashaloyavet Adam Shom, that nobody, no men go there. She was there 40 days. And then that's, that was the klal. The, um, and they did it because they didn't want people to shmad impulsively. They wanted to see if they're really serious. Then um, I, um, I turned to my daughter crying, and I went, I told her everything that happened. And she ran to her mother, and uh, the mother said, you go back home, don't worry, don't, you know, don't worry about me back and forth, um, and they spoke to her, v'cholo, v'cholo. they took her to, that, to, to the convent, and then um, what happened was, on and on about it, okay, then he says, uh, so all night long I was Eismensch, and, and then in the morning they told me that she wants to go back home. And she said, because I'm the wife of a Koyan, and if I stay here a day or two, I'm, I'm going to be also to him. 
And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's funny now, it's tragic when it happened. Then, um, let's just see if they. Al Capone at the bottom, so then, then um, at the end they sent her back home, but she had been there a day or two and so on. And now he's asking the Marik if he could trust them that nothing happened to her. And how logically is he have a dinner with Shavu Yonah? It was a very serious island. Um, the Marik is Matir because the Marik said that um, he's, he, he, he trusted and he felt that it was a place, I guess in those days, where if anybody was caught there, he says, if anyone was caught there, any Galach, anybody was caught in the, in the convent, he, would, he could lose his life also. And therefore, he passed in, and it was, it was back and forth on it, but I upon him, but, it, but it's an extraordinary event. It's it just like something that, that, that um, so much of it is fascinating. Okay, two more things. Now, this is, there was another, these are two machlokas that went on with him. One of them is probably never was, it's written, and I'll explain to you what. And the other one was, and there's a fascinating limud from it. There was a very, a rav older than him and somebody that had a very good cash with. His name was Reb Arya Mesur Leon. Mesur was a very important title. It was like a title of, 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 of Chshivas. And this person was a tremendous, he was a, um, a, 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 he was a big rav, he was a, he was very knowledgeable in a lot of other areas. The, um, there are chuvas from him to him, and he, he addresses him, he writes, Arya Shorg Milayira. This, this Reb Arya Leon, Leon made many takonis and xeris, um, you know, to, to, uh, to, to, he felt things were lacking and deficient, and people grumbled. They felt he has no right to make this takonis. And he defends him. Now, there is a safer called Shalas HaKabbalah, a history book put out much later, 100 years later, the 1500s, I think, um, which, is, which is widely considered to be unreliable. The Chidor writes about it. It's a waste of time to look at it. St. Adora says, it's serious. They write that he just... So he writes that they, that they got into a big machlokas, and they were both chased out of the city, Lamaisa, it's the only place it's mentioned. And in, in and there's a few chuvas that he writes to him and, and he writes he defers to him tremendously, Yidak, like who who would go against Rabbi Yehuda Rosha Medabrim, and and so on, and, and how could anybody oppose him and so on and so forth. This is we don't find anything other than that. We find later it, it's, it doesn't seem so. People just quote it. Everyone just takes it and quotes it. But the, but the, actually, the, the one who wrote the Akdama to, to the Mechon um, Yerushalayim edition, you know, points out that he doesn't understand where he got it from. Shashat HaKabbalah is not a reliable safer. We have no indication. There's a lot of there's a lot of places where he would have said something, where you see, like, the children got along, so on. So that al Kaponim is a machlokas that doesn't seem to have ever happened. Um, we don't have any record of it, and, and we can disregard it. By the way, the, um, the tshuva about wearing that robe for doctors was sent to Rabbi Messer Leon. He, he consulted Marik about it. He had to wear this gown 
because of, you know, he was the very harsh of a, he was a doctor that was that um, licensed other doctors, and the male, he had to wear it, and that's where his truth was to him. There is one big machlokas he had, and it's a fascinating story. The, the, the person was the chief of Constantinople, Moshe Kavsulo, and we have a later, a, 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 a distant relative, um, Rebbe Yov and Arkona Kapsula writes about it in a sefer called Noam Chavolim. And he writes it in the following contexts. This person was asked, this Rebbe Yor, Kapsula was asked, Kapsali was asked to join, to, to sign off on something. And the thing that he was asked to sign off on was, um, was something that uh, uh, somebody testified, this, this is true, and, 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 and I'm, you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you 100%, you can trust me, and therefore I want you to sign off. He says, I will not do anything based on, on a witness, even if there were a lot of witnesses, unless I hear another side, I will not get involved unless I can hear both sides. And then he says, um, I'll tell you, um, and, he, and he brings this story that I'm going to tell you now, and then he brings other stories about how uh, people are misled when they hear one side not without another side. So this story he brings, and he says, um, there was, when I was a Rav, the first year I was a Rav in a certain Kehillah, 16 years ago, there was something happened in one of my killers, there was a Machlekes, and one side came to me, and they brought 11 witnesses signed off, Kosh of the good witnesses. And I believed them, and I wanted to pass them. And um, it had said, the terrorist says, I'll be I made him, and then there's 11 witnesses. I went to my uncle, Amuv Bechachma Zikr Menachem Del Medigo, and I said, sign along with me. And he wrote to me, no way. And he, and he, and he yelled at me. And, and uh, he said, and I started complaining, and he yelled back, and he said the following. He said, um, you, what you're doing is wrong to pass him based on one side. So I told him, there are many witnesses. He said, you can't believe it. The Torah says, Shemur ben Achechem, it's always true. And he says, if the Marik would have done that with your relative, Ramesha Kapsali, they would never would have come to the Torah Machlekes that he, that he later had Harata. And he goes through it with the case. In Constantinople, there were, um, there were a few people who got very, very annoyed with Ramesh Kapsalo. They were jealous. And he was the Rav Arashi. He was the Hashra person. And what happened was somebody came to collect money from, um, from Eretz Yisrael. And his name, no, I'm sorry, it was from Germany. It says his name was Ramesha Esrim Ve'arba. They used to call him Ramesha Esrim Ve'arba, Ramesha 24, because the only thing he knew was Tanakh. Didn't know anything more than that. <laughs> so, he went to collect money for Ani Yerushalayim and asked 
and, he, and, and people didn't give much. He went to Rabbi Moshe Kapsali and asked him, and he said, because there's a war between Turkey and Egypt, he's afraid that if they're going to collect money in Turkey and send it to Israel, it'll be seen as giving the enemy money, and Bimela, he refuses, he, he refuses to give him any money. Um, when they saw that he's not, that when, when, he's, uh, when they saw he's not giving any money, so these people who had it in for Ramajah Kapsali, they, they got him upset and, and they formed together a group to go and to try to do something for him. What they did was they sent the Marik a letter about that this Rav in Constantinople is Paskin, and he said four or five things that he Paskin that were wrong, terribly wrong in issues and so on. They, they made it up. He said when the Marik heard about it, he, um, he got very upset, and he wrote very, very sharp, um, or very sharp letters against it. And it's printed. Some, you know, it's Psakim, these are Psakim that he printed. And he wrote very sharply that he's a person they should immediately, you know, demote him, and they can't be a rub, and so on and so forth. It took two years till the letter got to him, and when he heard about it, he said, um, they, they, so the kids in Constantinople, he said there was, when they read about it, the, the people got together, they were terribly upset, they cried. He said the people who were Moitzilas all died, and then the... Um, the the uh, Rosh got very upset on the Marik that he unfairly accused him and so on and so forth and sent back to him how can you do that he wrote him a very strong letter um, and then he said when it came to Marik he was very upset he realized he had done wrong and he he realized that that the Marik solo was right. So he sent on his deathbed, he sent a son of his to ask Mechila from the, the, from the Marik, from, from Rabbi Shabsilo, he asked him for Mechila on, on, on what he had written. That was the, he said, it called of Nea Godlum Peretz, he called, and he came to Ram Kapsilo, he was Moichel him, and, and, and Adrabe, he helped him in many ways, and so on and so forth. Very fascinating story. So, the, um, a few things. First of all, you see that no matter how reliable um, people are, I mean, this is, this is an authentic, this person has no axe to grind in it. He, he's, he's writing a letter from somebody that was not involved at all, and he's a distant relative of Kapsilo. The whole, the, and he and he writes. First of all, the fact that when you hear one side, no matter quote unquote how reliable, and there are many kolkores you read like that. <coughs> Did you hear the other side? If you didn't, then how do you act? I mean, the Torah says benachichem. It's 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 a you can't act um, publicly and 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 so on. So. Um, one and two, the godless of the Marik that as soon as he heard that he'd been he, he sent 
his son on his deathbed, he sent his son to Esther Mechila. He recognized he had been wrong. And Rav Silla was Michael. And, and he helped, the other, he helped his, his son and so on. It, 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 you know, it, but but Akapanim, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary lesson in, in understanding that there's always different sort of machlaikis. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I, sometimes you read this, we heard from reliable people. Halachically, so if you heard from reliable people that something's not kosher, uh, you know, it's a, a fact, that's fine. But when there's two sides involved, hearing from reliable people makes you puzzled basket. That's the din. So, so what does it mean you heard from reliable people? It's a, it's a very, I don't know, this is something that it's, it's very easy because the, halachically, if you hear from one side first, you can't pask anymore because we say psychologically a person believes the side he heard and doesn't believe the other side. So Merik was in that Kufa. He was in 400. His Sefer is, even though it's not 200 true, it's not that big, but it's a, it's a Yisoy because it's brought in almost every place. It's, it's one of the foundations. In Italy especially, there weren't that many known people. Rabbanim, he was from the very known ones. Um, and uh, the, uh, the, the, some of the things that we saw here about his life and, and so on, are really fascinating. The, the, the kpeda on minhagim, on the other hand, when minhag clashes with halacha, you, there's no such thing. And, and usually you have either or. Again, people sometimes... They, they disregard minhagim, that's wrong. Or they take minhagim even when they're, they're minhagim amaratzis. You, you made a very clear distinction. If the minhag comes from a good place and it's in line with Allah, then there's a very strong paid to keep it. If it's not in line with Allah, then someone made a mistake somewhere and, and, and we chuck it out. The, um, the, that, was the, the, that was some of the things that we saw from the Marik. Okay, we'll hold it here.